Chapter Twenty Six of Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm by Kate Douglas Wiggin. Chapter Twenty Six. Over the teacups. The summer term at Wareham had ended, and Hulda Meserve, Dick Carter, and Living Perkins had finished school leaving rebecca and emma jane to represent riverboro in the year to come delia weeks was at home from lewiston on a brief visit and mrs robinson was celebrating the occasion by a small and select party the particular day having been set because strawberries were ripe and there was a rooster that wanted killing mrs robinson explained this to her husband and requested that he eat his dinner on the carpenter's bench in the shed as the party was to be a lady's affair all right won't be any loss to me said mr robinson give me beans that's all i ask when a rooster wants to be killed i want someone else to eat him not me mrs robinson had company only once or twice a year and was generally much prostrated for several days afterward the struggle between pride and persimony being quite too great a strain upon her it was necessary in order to maintain her standing in the community to furnish a good set-out yet the extravagance of the proceeding goaded her from the first moment she began to stir the marble cake to the moment when the feast appeared on the table the rooster had been boiling steadily over a slow fire since morning but such was his power of resistance that his shape was as firm and handsome in the pot as on the first moment when he was lowered into it he ain't going to give up said alice peering nervously under the cover and he looks like a scarecrow we'll see whether he gives up or not when i take a sharp knife to him her mother answered and as to his looks a platter full of gravy makes a side of difference with old roosters and i'll put dumplings round the age they are terrible fillin', though they don't belong with boiled chicken the rooster did indeed make an impressive showing lying in his border of dumplings and the dish was much complimented when it was bone in by alice this was fortunate as the chorus of admiration ceased abruptly when the ladies began to eat the fowl i was glad you could get over to hold this graduation delia said mrs meserve who sat at the foot of the table and helped the chicken while mrs robinson poured the coffee at the other end she was a fit mother for hulda being much the most stylish person in riverboro ill health and dress were indeed her two chief enjoyments in life it was rumored that her elaborately curled front piece had cost five dollars and that it was sent in to portland twice a year to be dressed and frizzed but it is extremely difficult to discover the precise facts in such cases and a conscientious historian always prefers to warn a too credulous reader against imbibing as gospel truth something that might be the basest pervasion of it as to mrs meserve's appearance have you ever in early years sought the comforting society of the cook and hung over the kitchen table while she rolled out sugar gingerbread perhaps then in some unaccustomed moment of amiability she made you a dough lady cutting the outline deftly with her pastry knife and then at last placing the human stamp upon it by sticking in two black currants for eyes just call to mind the face of that sugar gingerbread lady and you will have an exact portrait of hulda's mother 
Miss Peter Meserve, she was generally called, there being several others. How'd you like Holdy's dress, Delia? She asked, snapping the elastic in her black jet bracelets after an irritating fashion she had. I thought it was about the handsomest of any, answered Delia. And her composition was first-rate. It was the only one amusing one there was, and she read it so loud and clear we didn't miss any of it. Most of the girls spoke as if they had hasty pudding in their mouths. That was the composition she wrote for Adam Ladd's prize, explained Mrs. Meserve. And they do say she'd have come out first, instead of fourth, if her subject had been different. There was three ministers and three deacons on the committee, and it was only natural they should choose a serious piece. Hers was too lively to suit him. Hulda's inspiring theme had been boys, and she certainly had a fund of knowledge and experience that fitted her to write most intelligently upon it. It was vastly popular with the audience, who enjoyed the rather cheap jokes and allusions with which it coruscated, but judged from a purely literary standpoint, it left much to be desired. Rebecca's piece wasn't read out loud, but the one that took the boy's prize was. Why was that? asked mrs robinson because she was graduating explained mrs cobb and couldn't take part in the exercises it'll be printed with herbert's duns in the school newspaper i'm glad of that for i'll never believe it was better than holdy's till i read it with my own eyes it seems as if the prize ought to have gone to one of the seniors well no marthy not if lad offered it to any of the two upper classes that wanted to try for it argued mrs robinson they say they asked him to give out the prizes and he refused up and down it seems odd his being so rich and travelling about all over the country that he was too modest to get up on that platform ma holdy could have done it and not winked an eyelash observed mrs meserve complacently a remark which there seemed no disposition on the part of any of the company to controvert it was complete though the governor happening to be there to see his niece graduate said delia weeks land he looked elegant they say he's only six feet but he might have been sixteen and he certainly did make a fine speech did you notice rebecca how white she was and how she trembled when she and herbert danced up there while the governor was praising him he'd read her composition too for he wrote the story of girls a letter about it this remark was from the sympathetic Mrs. Cobb. I thought it was kind of foolish she's making so much of her when it weren't her graduation. Objected Mrs. Meserve. Laying his hand on her head and all that, as if he was a pope pronouncing benediction. But there, I'm glad the prize come to Riverboro, to any rate. It hints where one never was give up from the Wareham platform. I guess there ain't no end to Adam money. Fifty dollars would have been good enough, but he must needs go and put it into those elegant purses. I set so far back I couldn't see him fairly, complained Delia. And now Rebecca has taken her own to show her mother. It was kind of a gold net bag with a chain, said Mrs. Perkins. And there was five ten-dollar gold pieces in it. Herbert Dunn's was put in a fine leather wallet. How long is Rebecca going to stay at the farm? asked Delia. Till they get over Hannah's being married and get the house to run him without her answered mrs perkins it seems as if hannah might have waited a little longer aurelia was set against her going away while rebecca was at school but she's obstinate as a mule hannah is and she just took her own way in spite of her mother she's been doing her sewing for a year 
the awfulest coarse cotton cloth she had but she's nearly blinded herself with fine stitchin' and rufflin' and tuckin'. Did you hear about the quilt she made? It's white, and has a big bunch of grapes in the center, quilted by a thimble-top. Then there's a row of circle borderin' round the grapes, and she done them the size of a spool. The next border was done with a sherry glass, and the last with a port glass, and all outside of that was solid stitchin' done in straight rows, She's going to exhibit it at the county fair. She'd better have been taken in suing and earning money, instead of blinding her eyes on such foolishness such as quilted counterpanes, said Mrs. Cobb. Next thing you know, that mortgage will be foreclosed on Miss Randall, and she and the children won't have a roof over their heads. Don't they say there's a good chance of the railroad going through her place? asked mrs robinson if it does she'll get as much as the farm is worth and more adam lads one of the stockholders and everything is a success he takes hold of they're fightin it in augusty but i'd back lad agin any o them legislators if he thought he was in the right rebecca will have some new clothes now said delia and the land knows she needs em seems to me the sawyer girls are gettin terrible near Rebecca won't have any new clothes out of the prize money, remarked Mrs. Perkins. For she sent it away the next day to pay the interest on that mortgage. Poor little girl, exclaimed Delia Weeks. She might as well help along her folks suspended on foolishness, affirmed Mrs. Robinson. I think she was mighty lucky to get it to pay the interest with, but she's probably like all the Randalls. It was easy come, easy go with them. That's more than could be said of the Sawyer stock, retorted Mrs. Perkins. Seems like they enjoyed saving more than anything in the world, and it's gaining on Mirandy since her shock. I don't believe it was a shock. It stands to reason she'd never got up after it and been so smart as she is now. We had three of the worst shocks in our family that there ever was on this river, and I know every symptom of them better than the doctors. And Mrs. Peter Meserve shook her head wisely. Mirandy's smart enough, said Mrs. Cobb. But you notice she stays right to home, and she's more close-mouthed than she ever was. Never took a mite of pride in the prize, as I could see, though it pretty nigh drove Jeremiah out of his senses. I thought I should have died of shame when he cried, Hooray! and swung his straw hat when the governor shook hands with Rebecca. It's lucky he couldn't get far into the church and had to stand back by the door, for as it was, he made a spectacle of himself. My suspicion is. And here, every lady stopped eating and sat up straight. That the Sawyer girls have lost money. They don't know a thing about business and never did, and Mirandy's too secretive and contrary to ask advice. The most of what they got is in government bonds, I always heard, and you can't lose money on them. Jane had the timberland left her, and Mirandy had the brick house. She probably took it awful hard that Rebecca's fifty dollars had to be swallowed up in a mortgage instead of going toward school expenses. The more I think of it, the more I think Adam Ladd intended Rebecca should have that prize when he gave it. The mind of Hulda's mother ran towards the idea that her daughter's rights had been assailed. Land, Marthy, what foolishness you talk! exclaimed mrs perkins you don't suppose he could tell what composition the committee was going to choose 
and why should he offer another fifty dollars for a boy's prize if he wasn't interested in helping along the school he's give emma jane about the same present as rebecca every christmas for five years that's the way he does sometime he'll forget one of em and give to the other or drop em both and give to some new girl said delia weeks with an experience born of fifty years of spinsterhood like as not assented mrs peter meserve though it's easy to see he ain't the marrying kind there's men that would marry once a year if their wives would die fast enough and there's men that seems to want to live alone if lad was a mormon i guess he could have every woman in north riverboro that's a suitable age according to what my cousins say remarked mrs perkins tain't likely he could be catched by any north riverboro girl demurred mrs robinson not when he probably has had the pick o boston i guess marthy hit it when she said there's men that ain't the marrying kind i wouldn't trust any of em when miss wright comes along laughed mrs cobb genially you can never tell what and who's going to please em you know jeremiah's contrary horse buster he won't let anybody put the bit into his mouth if he can help it he'll fight jerry and fight me till he has to give in rebecca didn't know nothing about his tricks and the other day she just went into the barn to hitch up i followed right along knowing she'd have trouble with the head store and i declare if she wasn't patting buster's nose and talking to him and when she put her little fingers into his mouth he opened it so far i thought he'd swallow her for sure he just smacked his lips over the bit as if it was a lump of sugar land rebecca i says how do you persuade him to take the bit i didn't she says he seemed to want it perhaps he's tired of his stall and wants to get out into the fresh air End of chapter 26